Hi there and welcome back. This is Balanced Torah Living with Adam Rubin. I'm your host, Adam Rubin. Welcome back to regulars and to newcomers. The topic for tonight is experiential self-growth. So obviously, uh, you know, engaging in Yiddishkeit, we're all aware that we are a very cognitive people. A lot of thinking, obviously a lot of uh, intellectuals in a lot of different ways amongst Kleisvel, from great Rabbanim to professionals who are the leaders in their fields, etc. And it's a tremendous aspect of the Adam and, and being a Bardas, etc. In a lot of ways, we are very much so a top-down uh, people taking the, um, the thoughts from the mind and the, and the thinking process, impacting impacting the emotions, and then bringing it out to physical expression in the world through actions. In addition to that, though, we have much more of a, an experiential, emotional side, and that will be my focus tonight. And as my Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Baruch Gershenfeld, says, and and of the many things. Uh, that he says it has really stuck with me and continues to bubble up in different ways all the time. Both, we both need to obviously be firmly rooted in using our das to to make decisions, and to impact our emotions and our actions, and also we need to have experiential emotional tools as well. So tonight we're just gonna I'm just gonna walk through, and this also touches back on the concept we spoke about before, the well-known concept which has been brought down to popular psychology is act as if, but as we've discussed is both in, in Masilat Yasharim, in terms of the idea that uh, external actions can impact the panemius, the internal, and really spark up the emotion, spark up the internal uh, inspiration and drive. Also, it's brought down in Sefer HaChinach. And this touches on that because we're going to talk about engaging in, you know, experiential, so to speak, action-based or more emotional-based types of uh, endeavors, which can be used as tools to impact ourselves emotionally and internally. One, I will start here sort of in a, in a progression, just some real basics uh, that folks may have done. Muscle relax- relaxation is a great tool. Uh, we're all pretty, pretty wired, uh, stressed out in a lot of ways. Um, I've read in uh, different books by by Rabbi Roll how he talks about, when he's talking about Midos and talking about people's primary traits, that obviously there are a lot of folks out there who are, um, very, you know, sort of intense, type A, we're all very busy, etc. But to find people who they're Main mida is, let's see, mellowness. Uh, you know, sort of that relaxed personality is a primary aspect. Challenging to find today, so we could all use some relaxation. Different ways to do muscle relaxation. One of the ways that I've found most effective and that you can read about in different sources, uh, you know, both, you know, in if different svarim, let's say, by um, contemporary authors such as Rabbi Pliskin and others, uh, not positive that he has his exact routine, but just the idea of, of the type of sperm that might have them, and also in general psychology books, doing a 
contract relax process. You can, let's say, start at the top of your head and begin by contracting the muscles in your scalp, holding for one second when you get that full contraction as you scrunch up all those muscles, and then slowly release the scalp muscles. Three, two, one. Moving on to the muscles in the face. Let's say you tighten the muscles around your eyes and your cheeks. Hold. One. Relax. Three, two, one. And so you move through the muscle groups in the body. You can go from head to toe, toe to head. And and you work through in this contraction and relaxation process, which... uh, facilitates the relaxation response in the body, in and of itself is very powerful and flexes our relaxation and calming muscles, Has you know lowers our heart rate, deeper breathing, etc. But it also is a great tool to set the stage for some of these other techniques that I'll mention here in a few moments. In addition to muscle relaxation, breathing techniques, there are many. One that I'll mention here is a following your breath breathing technique. This is where you simply follow your breath as it comes in through your nostrils, comes through your nasal passages, following the breath down uh, down your throat, coming in through the chest, and then as it hits the diaphragm, the diaphragm expands with the inhalation and you're just watching. With this breathing exercise, you're not doing deep breathing or controlling the breath. Just trying to stay present with the breath and follow it through its natural cycle without controlling it. And doing that type of follow your breath technique, relaxation tool. You can try it for two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. Lots of different options depending on your comfort level, your experience. The longer you do it, certainly there will be a greater effect in terms of relaxation. This is also a great tool for de-identifying yourself, disassociating yourself from your thoughts and your mind. We oftentimes think that we are our minds, that we are the brain, that we are the thoughts that are going on in our head. When in fact, that is not the true self. The true self, the ani self, the higher self. Um, it's spoken about in different svarm and in different ways. But that sort of higher level of, of consciousness and awareness of you being a person. You being a person who has thoughts. If you're aware that you have thoughts and you can watch your thoughts, then you, the essential you, is not the thought. And this is a great tool in in sort of gaining that distance a little bit and recognizing that your brain is is another one of your tools, uh, probably your greatest tool, and a magnificent creation of Hashem. But it's not you. It's not the essential you. It's not the the core of your neshama. It's not your um, fundamental self. It's a very important tool. Obviously a much bigger topic, but a side benefit, or perhaps it might be your, your primary goal uh, in doing this follow your breath technique. Another technique 
is what Rabbi Roll in different books has dubbed the soul state. Here it's using the using the tool of visualization. And in Ali Shore, Revolbi brings down don't remember the page number offhand, but uh, Revolbi brings down that each person has one pristine essential Mida. One core Mida that is the essence of who you are. It's your greatest Mida. And it's how you interact with the world, your set of glasses. All the other Midos that you engage to a certain extent will be processed through that primary trait. And this soul state exercise is trying to get in touch with your core mida and to experience it, that, this neshama state, this soul state. I recommend, if you have the time, to do a relaxation prior to. It can be the muscle relaxation technique we discussed. Follow your breath. Or any other relaxation technique that you've enjoyed and feel comfortable with. And then with the soul state technique, with your eyes closed, you visualize, it doesn't have to be, but this is a com- the common tool, different scenes in nature. And you, know, you can try to visualize an, an ocean, beautiful ocean, even an ocean you've been to, if you can conjure up specific in- imagery, a rainforest, a mountain range, the Grand Canyon, waterfalls. You can experiment a bit. And you're trying to find an image that really deeply resonates with you. And that deep resonation is um, resonating is something that you will, you'll feel it. And you'll feel as you shift between one image and the other that some of them will click more so than others. And the reason that this image resonates in you, just as a basic example, let's say water imagery really, really just feels right to you. So water is connected to the meat of chesed. It could be that you're Primary meat is chesed or some variation of it. Chain, rachamim, chain being grace, rachamim, compassion and mercy. And it resonates because it, that visual image is a reflection of your mita, of your essence, of your core. And they're lining up. And when you have that internal alignment, it feels right. And you may have experienced this in life when you've been in certain scenes in nature, traveled to different places, and certain, certain environments speak to you more so than others. Some people are really ignited by a beautiful sunset. For others, the strength of a strong mountain range covered in snow gives them a charge. And yet another person being in a rainforest with the, the trees and the dancing of, of the lights through the canopy, the sounds of nature may be the scene that speaks to them to the greatest extent. So play with it. But to try this soul state routine, once again, 
even doing it for two, three minutes can be effective, especially if you build it up, if you build up your soul state muscle in terms of that experiential sense of of your core using this visualization technique, and you do some sessions with it of 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, and you build it up, then when you go to do your shorter sessions, you'll likely be able to plug into it quicker and have more positive results. So that was the soul state. So we've got muscle relaxation, one. Two, follow your breath. Three, soul state. Four, sort of a spin-off on soul state, but other visualizations using, in terms of this, using experiential tools. And obviously, you know, juxtaposed to, you know, let's say the many important and necessary cognitive tools that we use, intellectual-based tools, such as journaling, Cheshpan and Nefesh, doing, a, you know, let's say a daily accounting and journaling or otherwise. Obviously, learning, <laughs> Gemara, whatever the case might be, obviously very language-based. We shift back to number four here, the visualizations in general. It doesn't just have to be soul state, but can be visualizing a variety of things, visualizing where you want to go, trying to imagine yourself a week from now. A month from now, three months from now, etc. You can do it in different increments, play with it. Visualizing different scenes that you encounter on a daily basis, maybe a certain situation that continues to come up with your spouse or your kids. We can oftentimes honestly predict a number of things that are going to happen. Obviously, Shem throws us curveballs and there are things that we can't predict, but uh, a number of the situations continue to pop up and if we use visualization as a strategy to uh, preempt the actual situation and plan how we're going to respond and see ourselves responding in that manner. Rabbi Pliskin talks about this. Also, Charlie Harari, in his book regarding unlo- unlocking your greatness, talks about these visualization tools. We're actually building and strengthening neural connections by doing these visualizations so that when we get into the real situation, we're ready to go. We've been there, we've prepped the response, and we are ready to execute as we've planned. We see this uh, at elite athletes, and not so elite athletes, you know, use, use these skills, visualization, how they want to perform in game day situations. The military uses this in a variety of ways as well. Serious tools. Spend some time with it. Play around with it and see what, see what works for you. But, uh, but do give it some time. And as a fifth item in terms of an experiential tool, I know this might sound a little funny, but living your davening. Experience your davening. Not just, not just saying the words in a perfunctory manner, which we all do, some more, some less, and it's so easy to do, and we've got the, the rush of life. But, but live it, experience it. Um, I think, as I mentioned recently, but it still sticks out with me, and it's powerful. I once heard Rabbi Teichman here in Baltimore mention the Indian I, once again, I'm not sure if it's halacha or, or minig, but to have a nigan when you're doing mizmor lasoda during Pesukah de Zimra. 
And, and I've tried this and I've done this and it really is powerful and it's short. And as we know, we have all different types of things that can be thrown at us in the morning or from the day before and every day has its unique challenges. But to, to step up to the plate in Mismore Lasota and to, regardless of what's going on in your life, come at it with, with, with a joy and your own song and your own flavor uh, is, a, is, a, is a message to Hashem. Hashem, you're in charge. You're bringing me these events. I have my natural responses inside, my automatic sort of instinctual response. And I feel that. And I feel it. And at the same time, I'm able to choose. I'm able to choose to be ivdui as Hashem b'simcha today and to put in my work and my effort to be joyous and positive and try and bring the best energy to the table that I can, to my spouse, to my kids, to my colleagues, to my friends, to the people that I'm driving next to on the highway, to the people I see in the store, to everyone around me. I can choose to be positive and here's an example of that that I'll do early in the day by living my davening, by experiencing it with my, with my emotions, by getting into it. Obviously, we can't do it for the whole davening, and sometimes we'll have more time than others. Sometimes we'll feel more rushed than others, but not just to do lip service, to get, to get that emotion, to feel it, to, to do it, and even to act a bit, but you'll start to feel it like the Masilicious Arm instructs us that we will couple of final points here in relation to this idea of, idea of experiential self-growth. I've been reading a very interest, interesting and well-known book, mm-hmm. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which came out uh, a number of years ago at this point, but a very well-known bestseller uh, in the area of spirituality. But one of the aspects that I wanted to mention um, that that stood out to me, which really clicked with uh, with Torah Shkafa and I think will be valuable for all of us. He talks a lot about trying to take ourselves out of time and to not get wrapped up in the past, not to get wrapped up in the future and oftentimes that's where we are consciously or subconsciously in some mix of the two. And the power of now, to be present, to be here. Very Tardic idea. And even the idea with Rav Dessler in terms of speaking about, um, I believe I heard this idea from, uh, from Rabbi Roll. Um, so I'll roll here in Baltimore. Rav Dessler speaks about how time is really a spiral. And then each year, you know, we're not, we're not con- uh, commemorating Yitzitz Mitzrayim and and leaving Mitzrayim each year and oh that was a great thing uh, that happened way back when we are we're living it we're living it on the spiral and we're living it now we're living Rosh Hashanah now we're living Shavuos now Matan Torah now it's happening now and that connects to the ideas that Eckhart Tolle discusses also brings me to uh, a poem that I saw Rabbi Pliskin bring in Life is Now, one of his many svarim. In the very beginning of the introduction, he 
let's see here, maybe even the, ah, in his first piece, not the introduction, page 17. All right, Pliskin mentions the poem from Rev Dessler, double Rev Dessler today, which was published in the third volume of Mechtav Meliahu. Here, the English translation is, The past is only memories. The future is but illusory hopes. Focus on the present. For that is where your life really is. And it consists only of tests. Volume 3, page 306 of Mikhtav Meliahu. That's it. Now is where your life really exists. Not five years ago, not ten years ago. And our mind is constantly clamoring for us to get wrapped up in the past or to be hyper-focusing on the future and what's going to be, how's it going to work out, what do I need to plan for. And of course, planning is important. And Chazal tell us that who is a wise person, one who uh, you know anticipates the outcome and brings the outcome into the now. I believe it's in Pirkei Avos. Still working on Pirkei Avos, so I can't say which Pirkei or Mishnah at the moment. Um, but we're here. We're here now. And this is where it is, and this is where we have to be. We can't be anywhere else but here. Thank you for spending this time with me now. Well, what's now in the past. But uh, I've uh, enjoyed doing this this talk this evening. I hope that you've enjoyed listening. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye.